0: Everybody, right, Coach John Daly here back again live with our special guest, the one and only Dr. Jeff Lip. who, we got to get a picture of this, he is wearing very sporty, fire-up chips, beat western. I love this shirt look on you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing
1: fantastic. This shirt is given to me from my good friend, Nick Horger, so shout out
0: to Nick Horger, but yes, I enjoy wearing this outfit also. It looks very good on you. And it's such <laughs> a truer mes- message on a shirt. I don't know what is. That is Awesome. Well, today, my friend, is Thursday, June 28th, 2018. Uh, Jeff and I are getting together here for our uh, daily Friday discussion, and we want to talk about, and Jeff had this great idea when I um, shared with him, or shared him on the podcast, and then you picked up on it, uh, this John O'Leary podcast, uh, his Live Inspired podcast at johnolearyinspires.com. you got to check it out. This is with the great Mel Robbins. She's the author of The Five Second Rule, the number one audio book in the world, She's also the most booked female speaker and hosts the Audible original series, Kick-Ass, with Mel Robbins. I'm going to have to listen to that. Uh, she just talks about, with this interview with, with John O'Leary, um, her five-second rule. And she used this uh, incredible idea, and the whole thing came from her. Uh, she was down in the dumps, she, just years and years of anxiety and growing up with some issues. And, uh, but she was watching a, a rocket liftoff. And the countdown was going on, and it was five, four, three, two, one. And the rocket lifted off. And she was having trouble, you know, uh, for a while there, getting out of bed even. And so the story goes that she used this instead of hitting snooze and instead of um, letting these excuses fill her head five, four, three, two, one. She got up out of bed, feet hit the floor. And, and from there, she has applied this to really kind of transforming her life. And it's a great interview. Uh, that you should definitely listen to. Um, when I put this out, uh, I'll have it in the show notes, the link, but I'll also put it out on my Facebook page too. So, uh, right off the bat, first of all, Jeff, you've been traveling a little bit before I get like going on this. How yes. were how your travels to Seattle, was it? Yes,
1: I just got back from Seattle. I went to my first baby shower. Oh my gosh. It was pretty amazing, but more than anything, I went there to kind of just separate myself from a very long school year. And it was fantastic. It was great to see good friends. I got a couple of podcasts out. You know, definitely check them over out at com. more than anything. But the two podcasts I rolled out one is my friend Jason, who is from a nonprofit organization, and he is the executive director of this nonprofit organization for cats. And the other person is uh, Randall Jefferson who also lives out in Seattle, and, and he is the optimal career client that I would like to see on a daily basis. Hmm. Very motivated, very open to different opportunities that kind of exist out there, is willing to try anything in particular, but still kind of really seeking his passion and life directly. And that takes time. That's It doesn't matter what age you are. You could be my age, you could be his age, which is 31, and you could be in this self-exploration phase for a very long duration. And more than anything, what I wanted him to see was the fact that, and multiple people to see, was the fact that it doesn't matter, once again, if you don't know what you want to do. People out there exist in this world that can kind of help you figure that out. But you got to need to know yourself before you move on to what you want to do in life. So that's something that we kind of discussed in our podcast. And it was very popular. I mean, he lived in Philadelphia. And he moved back to Seattle, his home. So I hashtag Philadelphia out in my... So an uh, Instagram post and I had a whole bunch of people start following me from Philadelphia, which is kind of very interesting. But it's the perspective on living in Philadelphia and then moving back to Seattle and just hearing about the social economic standards and the different policies and procedures that I set in place. For example, Philadelphia is quite similar to Michigan where if you're a server in the serving industry, your your minimum wage is somewhere between $2 to $3 and then tips. So your tips help make up your minimum wage basically. Well, in Seattle, the minimum wage no matter what type of profession it is, is $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean so if you think about that, if you make $15 an hour plus your tips, $15 an hour alone is 30k easily within a, within a year of work. If you make additional tips on you're grossing somewhere between easily about 45 and that's a medium salary in Seattle. So there are a lot of different things that are, depending on where you live in the United States, that are very interesting about that. But, you know, not to get too off topic, but, I mean, those are the
0: two guests that I had on my show recently. And from listening to uh, the one, it, it just seemed like you were full, filled with passion, filled with renewal, filled with, like you said, you got away from your regular routine, your regular life here in Michigan, and you, you exited that for a bit, temporarily. And you renewed your soul. You just sound like you're very, um, you know, fired up and just had a good time.
1: Well, that's something I think that you brought up before is the fact that, you know, I'm willing to get out there and go see people. It takes freaking work to go and maintain the relationships with your friends that live out of state. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think he'll ever come back out this way for a very long time because they're about to have a baby mm-hmm. or anything. So, I mean, their life is in Seattle. So when, you know, your family are the perception in your life gets bigger, okay? Like your, your your whole infrastructure gets larger. You have to, you know, work around that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily an excuse, but more anything, you know, you have to work to maintain those relationships. I am kind of blessed right now in the fact that, you know, I may not be upset that my personal life isn't going the way I want it to. You know, I'm not, oh my goodness, jumping up and down because I don't have anyone in my life. But the fact is that, like, I can still use this time right now to go ahead and, still maintain and create the relationships that I want. So I'm trying to use the time that I have more than anything to kind of connect with people. I mean like I'm here with you and that's once again very important to me. And I feel that, you know, when I continue to keep doing things like that, I'm moving in a momentum in a direction where it needs to kind of go. And it's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how this all relates back to Mel Robbins or anything like that. But, I mean, really for me, I, when I was flying out to Seattle – actually, this relates really well – I listened to this podcast a week ago when it rolled out because John O'Leary's podcast roll out always Thursdays. So I listened to this last week Thursday while I was flying to Seattle more than anything, and this blew my mind away. And I applied that five-second rule consistently going to Seattle, just mm-hmm. on a plane right there. And I don't have any anxiety, but I don't know if anyone ever exists like this. I'm in a different age bracket right now where I consistently show up to many events by myself. I have to because I'm only by myself. I don't know if anyone's ever done this. I travel by myself a lot, okay? I go to restaurants all the time by myself. And it's very interesting because when I say by myself, I'm going to these events with people that have a significant other all the time. I have friends, John included right here, that consistently need to hang out with their significant other and they will do that over Everything else, which is what you want in a relationship. You want to prioritize that person. But the other person that you hang out with, that single friend of yours, they're feeling very alone. They do. And it takes a challenge for me. So I don't know if you've ever done this. Like go to a wedding by yourself. Go to a wedding baby shower by yourself. And you don't (laughs) know anybody but the two people that are having the baby, right? So you force yourself to go and open new relationships. So what I did was I fly… I applied that five second rule. I am more extroverted than introverted, but yet it's still tough for me to break the ice sometimes because even though I'm extroverted, you know, there's that little bit of anxiety that I would imagine everyone has in trying to open up a new relationship, right? So what I do was I count down five, four, three, two, one, and I say, I'm going to go talk and approach this person. And that's exactly what I did with a lot of different people. And I use that a different approach, and it just basically, in that five seconds, There's no more excuses. You know, I separate myself. I'm like, I'm already here in Seattle. You might as well meet different people and be open to different experiences. That's exactly what I did this weekend. I applied that five second rule and it worked
0: tremendously. That's fantastic. It does fit exactly right into this. And I love how you talked about um, different parts of the country because in the interview, um, John brings out the fact that uh, Mel Robbins was born, I think, in Kansas City. Grew up in Michigan, west side of the state, in Muskegon, I think it was. Correct. And now she lives in Boston. And so uh, our life travels do take us in different directions and everything. And you brought up some great points there. One of the first things that Mel talks about is about breaking the patterns that you think in and your entire life will change. We know the story. Your, your life changed uh, over a number of, uh, of years uh, regarding some events that you've been through. Uh, but also your choice... To leave a very comfortable job and go off into something new and from that action i mean if you've kept track of the number of doors and the number of people that have come into your life it has just got to be astronomically it's huge, huge right yeah so I, I love the fact that you're breaking the patterns that you were thinking in and your life will change you've found that totally to be true
1: so einstein says it best insanity is defined by doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results that's impossible. So I don't want to go insane. And so when I'm not comfortable with the situation, I will seek different opportunities to change it up. And it might not necessarily be the right decision. I mean i made very, very many poor decisions sometimes. But the fact of the matter is it's like I need something to change my life. I can't continuously live in a state of like sadness. Mm. And I can't continue to st- live in a state where I don't feel like some of the values are aligned to what I feel personally. So, But more anything, it's taking that leap of faith. You have to. Mm -hmm. And yes, I am a routine-like person. So for me, I like routines. And for me, those routines help me get through a lot. But if the routine is not necessarily healthy, I need to recognize that and make a decision to move and change something up. But yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't miss my former employment. I mean, I miss everyone over there. Heck, I just went over there yesterday just to do an interview <laughs> with Todd Stevens. It's going to roll out on Monday. But more than anything, it's really trying to meet different people because everyone is born very uniquely. And Mel Robbins in that podcast says that. I mean we are one in a trillion and how you happen to be born. One in a trillion. Think about that. The, the perfect alignment of what needs to take place in order for you to be conceived and born has to happen. Right? Think about that. I mean, one in a trillion. That's crazy odds. And yet you're born. So what she says is that everyone in here, in this world, is a miracle.
0: Absolutely. You really
1: are. And everyone is born with this particular gift. Okay, And what she makes everyone understand is that everyone doesn't have to be happy all the time. She says it all the time. She hates the word fine. I think that's another thing that she said in her uh, particular podcast with John O'Leary is that I hate the word Fine. And the fact is she hates the word fine because it's just – it's not fine. You don't have to be fine all the time because anxiety is the number one issue that is taking over mental health consistently on a daily basis. And it's just fascinating to see that. I mean even in my profession alone as a school guidance counselor, I see that all the time. So that's why this particular podcast was quite relevant for me. Yeah, absolutely. And in
0: fact, there's not often that I get to correct a doctor. Go ahead. But she talked about how it's one in four trillion.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm off Give by three take. trillion.
0: Give or take a few trillion. Yes. But I think that just emphasizes the fact of um, she brings it up where the scientist uh, that she heard from went really deep into uh, the actual you know sexual act, the the timing, the everything, and the pregnancy going well, and it's all the all those factors. Right. And then just being born, and then from life on, when you after you're born. All those factors. She talked about that the odds really are not in your favor to to be around. You know, right? As far as looking at that, and there's the one in four trillion for you to be you. There's there's something that you were created for. There's something that you there was all that all those odds to go through, and you're here. It really can't. It's tough to waste it. And I think a lot really of people is. a lot of people go through life, and they get to the end of life. And they really look back, and again, it's the old adage of they don't regret the things they did. The big regrets, 90 plus percent, are the things that they didn't do. Absolutely. And Mel Robbins brings it up just perfectly where this five-second rule is a ritual to interrupt your bad thoughts, habits, and patterns. It's a, it's a way to self-coach, you know, and it's, it's a very powerful concept. So she brought up this fact, and it wasn't just how often that we have negative thoughts going on in our heads, doubts our self-criticisms and all that, that mental state of of negativity. But she found it really easy to redirect it. The five-second, almost all decisions that we make, and I thought about this because I don't have trouble getting up in the morning at all, Um, but I thought about the few mornings that I am extra tired or I'm not feeling good. There is that pause. The alarm goes off, and I take that deep breath. You know, there's five seconds that goes by to where I'm staying in bed or I'm getting up. And if you are the one that constantly, oh, I'm just going to stay in bed. Another 10 minutes. What does that hurt? Five, four, three, two, got to hit my feet. I've got to hit the floor. And she also brings up the fact you cannot go one, two, three, four, five. The brain doesn't work that way. You know, there has to be that five, four, three, two, one. One is the start. One is the beginning, or in this case, I'm going to count down an ending to where it's liftoff. You know, mm-hmm. um, you go to the gym. You get up, like this morning I did it. I was watching, sitting with Kirby. He's sleeping. Watching Sports Center. I'm definitely, you know, not super interested in the World Cup with the U.S. getting, um, not even uh, making it to the World Cup. Uh, but I am watching a little bit of it, and I want to see some highlights from last uh, last night's games. But I knew time had to get for a walk, had to get some breakfast, meeting you. I couldn't sit there, and so it'd been very easy to do that. But I didn't. Five, four, three, two. I got up. Come on, Kirby. Let's go for a walk. And, you know, instead of sitting there, which again, nothing wrong with watching SportsCenter, but I had other things that I wanted to do, uh, and so it definitely helped. So um, how about this point here? There's a distinct gap between your will to change your life and the excuses that stop you. That gap she just found is about five seconds. So those excuses, when they come into your head, Jeff, like you said, you haven't had time to unplug, really. Um, right. And those ex- these excuses It's very easy to follow into those Of where you don't accomplish things And we were just talking before we started recording this How you can't afford to Not accomplish things Because there's just so much on your plate That you, know, you want to accomplish So how does how does that, is that true for you is, that, is there that time where these excuses start filling your head And then you don't, you don't let them come in Because you seem like you're always productive And maybe that's just a misperception on my part <laughs> Because I don't live with you. But.
1: I like try to be my friend. But more than anything, it's that being that overproductive, it does not you're not giving yourself time <clears throat> excuse me. You're not giving yourself time to basically be aligned in resetting yourself. Mm. So those five seconds literally takes me back to a time where I can reset my mind and like literally just tell myself, Hey, listen, I got enough to keep going. What she says there that's really impactful for me. Besides going, I don't know where you're at with some of these points. I'm just going to jump with it. But you're one decision away from changing your life. Mm -hmm. That's what she says. And that is what stuck out with me consistently. So imagine you not doing some of the things you do because of the fear, before these anxiety, before all this stuff that you have that stops you from making that decision. If you take all that away and you can see just how monumental that change is, you can completely change your life from that mm. one decision. And it's amazing because it's so factual, right? I mean let's take back the context of me going to Seattle. If I didn't make that decision – and it's not like I used a five-second rule and say, listen, I'm going to go out to Seattle. No. It's like literally I could have had a choice of going to the baby shower or not going to baby shower when I landed in Seattle because Jason gave me that option. You know, He basically said to me, he's like, if you don't want to come to this, it's OK you can go sightseeing you by yourself in Seattle or whatever it is. No, absolutely not. I want to be with you guys. I want to make sure I hang out. And that didn't take a five second rule. I wanted to do that. But if I was contemplating it more than anything, I would have count down and I would say, This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. Because I made a commitment to fly already to Seattle, and that's what I'm gonna do. Literally, people struggle with not knowing. That's that's what fear is, it's not knowing what to expect. Right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to expect in a baby shower, never been to one, right? But Here, I'm not going to sit here and let fear hold me back, right? So this is just a technique and many techniques that you can use to overcome anxiety, okay? Mm -hmm. So for me, I use this. I use a blog like all the time. I do a podcast with you. I read. There are multiple different things that I've done to kind of conquer the anxiety, the fear, the, you know, To develop resiliency in regards to moving forward in your life. So, I
0: mean, those are just multiple things that I can do. Just love that. It's great. Uh, It's funny how we got these examples all throughout life. And the most recent one for you is your trip to Seattle. Uh, How about this point? And it's definitely a major one. Being nervous or afraid of something is normal. Okay. Which is totally true. Letting it stop you is a choice. And that's one thing she just hung a big anchor on, I think, as far as part of this podcast. Right. Being nervous or afraid of something is normal. Letting it stop you is a choice. Your thoughts? Well, everything comes down to a choice.
1: I'm a big, you know, I'm putting on my counselor hat on more than anything. And I was going to tell you that we should do this for the counseling podcast on my show, but I'm putting my counselor hat on this for, for everything. So I'm a big reality choice theory type of counselor. And when I think about that, Everything in your life is predicated from a choice. When you take the emotional piece out of that choice and just deal with fact, your choice becomes like 15 times billion easier. Okay, I know it's not nowhere near a trillion or anything like that, but more anything. Four trillion. (laughs) More anything. (laughs) Take the emotional piece aside from making the choice, but everything in your day starts with a choice, right? So what she says is the countdown and wake up in the morning. Well, it's a choice to get up in the morning or not, right? So if you choose to get up, that's a choice. So if you made that one choice, you're moving in a good direction. How I look at things is that your whole day is predicated on the choices that you make. Your whole life is predicated on the choices that you make. Do you make bad choices in one time? Absolutely. But what you do from those bad choices is you learn from them. You don't dwell in the negative, okay? Because that's where all the fear, all the anxiety, that's where it starts developing, so choice theory helps you select, make, helps you break down your day into a bunch of choices that you can make, taking the emotionality out of it. And that's
0: exactly what she tries to do with this countdown method. Love that. Love that. And she talks about it's, it's a very complex world. I think it's getting more complex, it seems, you know, by the month, by the year, obviously. But um, she brings up this point about everything is changing all around us. Right. And that we can't control it. You can only control what you think and do. Respond instead of react. And you just brought up about removing the emotion out of, right. out of decisions. And it, we, in sports, uh, we played uh, oh, Luther North last night. We have our summer league going on in Utica. And things were getting a little chippy. Things were getting a little physical. Okay. And um, one of their girls, um, there was a jump ball, and she played. She went through the whistle and over-aggravated a little bit uh, from the standpoint of starting to throw some elbows, you know, mm-hmm. at one of our girls. And the ref came over, warned her, the coach subbed for her real quick, and uh, obviously letting emotions. And so during the timeout, I always mentioned our kids, you know, c- control your responses. You know, don't let the emotions get the best of you because you're letting them have a victory right off the bat, even without points, right, uh, on the scoreboard. And then after the game, this girl was so, so classy, she apologized um, to our coach, to our head coach. And said she. I heard her say. She goes. I let it get the best of me. I apologize. I didn't mean any. And this is. I think she's a junior. Just very high class. You know. Just recognizing the fact. That a high schooler. Recognizing the fact that emotions kind of got out of, out of whack there. So I love that point that you brought up. Um, wrapping this up here. Uh, one of the uh, five questions that John O'Leary brings up. Uh, seven questions um, that he that he brings up. The question about if uh, she could sit and talk with anybody alive or dead, on a park bench, who would it be? And it was Oprah. And they got in this discussion, um, and I want to end with this thought here, a couple thoughts about how we overcomplicate things by the way we think, because we, inside our own heads, and she brought up that point a lot, where she's battling you know, her own mind sometimes. It's more complex than any other problem that can come at her from the world's point of view. And that she would think that in this interview that Oprah had, uh, There's a little boy. I think he was dying, and she was talking. Oprah was talking with the mom, and one of the last things that uh, this lady's son said about how, you know, how simple life is, really, and we overcomplicate it, and we we do add our own problems to it. Okay, so we overcomplicate things by the way we think. This five second rule. It's a very simple thing. Five seconds. You know. I think that I think those two go. Those two points go really well together. So how, Jeff? How do you think? that we do screw things up so much that, you know, life is really simple when you come down to it about how we are more alike than we are different, um, that we do have some of the same needs and wants and how, you know, what are your thoughts on Oprah's view with with that little boy uh, that interview with with his mom?
1: I think it's dead on. I think that we do complicate things. I mean, think about if you take yourself back to a child. So when you're a child... What are the things that you want? You want fun. You want to have a roof over your head. You want to feel love. Those things are things that you can't buy with money to a certain extent, right? You can't buy love. You can't go out there and get more love, right? I mean, you could, I guess, but it'd be kind of not genuine more than anything. The fact is that you know the two things that I have to say that kind of define happiness, and I've seen this already too, is the fact that These two things will block you from achieving happiness is, number one, if you're consistently living in the past. And then number two is if you compare yourself to other people. Mm. So when you are an adult, you want a lot of things. You want the biggest house. You want more power. You want various little things. And those things are not tangible enough to give you that happiness that you're seeking. So more anything... Will you simplify life and break it down into baby steps, like saying, listen, this is what I want, or, and be grateful, and that's something that you and I talk about, a lot about, being grateful every single day for the things that you do have, it changes your perception of how you want to view your life. Mm. That takes time. That takes practice because it is common for a lot of people to compare themselves with other people, and I'm trying to get out of the habit of it. I'm trying to honestly not let people's perceptions move me the way they kind of do. And I'm getting better at that, honestly. But it takes practice. It takes a lot of work, you know. I, I mean, I'm 38 years old and I'm still working on that. Mm-hmm. And that. And I'll be honest with you because it takes a lot of time to try to figure out how to best serve yourself. But, I mean, it takes practice.
0: I don't know. Do you do it? I'm 52 and I'm still doing it. Right. I, I, guess, it, I guess the fact of, um, that it never ends. Right, working on it, this process, life—it just never ends, or it shouldn't end. From the standpoint of, we should consciously choose to always try and improve. Right, and I think some people um, don't let that happen. They kind of give it up a little bit. But I was in tears when I heard uh, this part of the interview, um, and she—the way she was explaining what this little boy said—and mm-hmm. it just—it's so true. It just right down to the core, you know, in my heart, it's just so true that. We do overcomplicate things, and, and life is pretty simple. We just kind of let those things drop, drive us throughout life and not get all complicated with the media and, and online stuff and just um, just the BS in the world that I call it. Um, and, but it's hard. It is something that you have consciously have to choose to go after. Yeah, Great points. What a great way to end. Again, I'm going to put this up in the show notes. Um, Find me over on Facebook, you guys, and I'll be on that page, too, at coach 2 Success. on Twitter at Coach2Success, and over on Instagram at Coach John Daly. Uh, check out the website. i am definitely got to make some changes. I moved the contact portion on my homepage up to the top. So if you want to get in touch with me and you don't have you know, the social media there, uh, Coach2ExpectSuccess.com, right there on the homepage, you can drop me a note, and uh, I will gladly get back to you, and maybe we can connect uh, somehow, too. Check out the book list that's on that page too. My 26 top books that I've read. Uh, very life changing. Very, you know, good stuff that's out there. Um, you know, again, 15, 20 minutes a day, you can read a book a month. Look what happens after a year. You are so far ahead of most people that uh, out there in the world that aren't reading, aren't looking to improve, aren't looking to make new connections. You know, I'm just hearing expert after expert after expert, people that have done it through their lives. Reading is the key to make some changes. You know, so read the books, read the blogs, read those articles that are out there. Listen to these podcasts, uh, whether it's mine or, or Jeff's or John O'Leary's or anybody's. There's just so many great ones out there. Uh, in fact, I probably need to do another show soon, an updated list of some of these great things that uh, are, are helping me change my life, and I know they're helping Jeff too. So, hey, keep in touch, you guys. Love what you're doing out there. Just keep looking to get better. Keep looking to improve your life and other people's lives, too, and we'll talk again soon. See you.